You're listening to the Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm life and nutrition coach Ime Oguta, and I'm here to help you create the motherhood of your dreams without sacrificing your health and well-being. On this podcast, we dive into mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you stop surviving and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, mamas. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you? I am so excited because I want to talk about something that we all experience. And I think this is going to be a fun episode. If you're new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you have me in your ears this moment. And I can't wait to dive into the episode with you. All right. So today we're talking about the messy middle. The messy middle in our relationship with food and our bodies and whenever we're trying to go do any form of change because this is something that'll happen and I for one believe that I need to as part of my work in this world I believe in setting people up to be proactive rather than reactive in life. This is the public health you know brain in me that's all about prevention and maintenance right so that we don't get to having to experience more issues. So when you're working through your relationship with food and your body, there'll come a time when you'll start noticing new things that come up that you never saw before. If you can hear a dog barking, that's not my dog. That's our neighbor's dog. And we tend to have foxes that think they just want to come walk around the neighborhood and it drives that dog nuts. So if you hear it, I'm sorry, but we just gonna do this because this is life. Anyway, messy middle. You'll start to notice things that come up that you never saw before. And this is typical, not because you haven't done a good job or you're not doing enough. It's just that when you were really into trying to survive and work through your relationship with food and your body, you were preoccupied with all the noise, all the clutter, and just trying to get through, you know, that next meal, that next body image experience. So your brain was not in a place where it was settled enough to notice some of these things. You know, so you'll feel like you're finally getting a hang of things. You're eating okay. You're not feeling, you know, you're not really wanting to eat stuff like that because you're managing your emotions. You're sleeping better. You're okay with your body. And then something happens. And all of a sudden you're questioning whether it's even worth that effort. It's like those old patterns and ways of thinking and doing now feel like, oh, maybe it's safer to do that. Maybe it's safer for me to go back on the diet. Maybe it's safer for me to go back to restricting. But I'm here to tell you that those old patterns, those ways of thinking and doing, they did not serve you. And that's why you began this journey in the first place. Those tendencies that you have, you know, that way of thinking is also there for a reason. They're not going to go away completely, but we can learn to keep them very quiet and calm. You can just acknowledge them and let them be. So I'm going to share five things that have helped myself and my clients navigate messy middles, especially when it comes to food and body image healing. So the first thing is just expecting that the messy middle is going to happen, right? Our brains are quite lazy. They want to conserve energy. They just want to protect us and keep us safe and seek pleasure. And that's okay. That means that when we come across new experiences, our brain always want to find the quickest route to answer that. For some people who are nerds, this is known as heuristics, right? So instead of your brain to ask, 
what is this? Every time you see a table, right? It's not going to be like, it has four legs. It has a top. It's just going to say, it's a table-like thing. And then you can sort out the name later. So this is the same thing I teach my clients. It's like our default ways of thinking are like tire tracks in snow or mud. I live in Northwest Territories of Canada. So we get when we get snow, that first snow is so clean. You don't see where you need to be going. And then once people start driving, then it kind of carves a path out. There will always be one path that everyone uses. And everyone will tell right away, okay, that's where everybody else is driving. So I'm going to use it as well. And that path typically doesn't take as much effort for everybody else who follows whoever started it. Healing your relationship with food and your body sometimes requires that you create a new path, which means it may feel challenging at first, but the more you keep taking that path, the more it becomes easy, the more your brain finds that shortcut. So then the issue then becomes when you find a new experience, let's say you've been working on your relationship with food for a long time, And for now, with the world really opening back up, you're re-entering the world and you're going to start feeling nervous about maybe you gained weight, maybe you don't look the way you used to look, maybe you're not restricting foods anymore, you're just eating regularly and your brain is going to want to go back to that old way of thinking because it wants to keep you safe, especially if you're surrounded with people who don't really align with this food and body freedom journey that you're on, right? So you might have some anxiety about engaging with those people and your brain will just be like, you know, there's a safer route. We can use that route. But your job is to just recognize that that's happening and it's okay. Now, the second thing, after you expect that it'll happen, you can remember that challenges will come up and you have the agency. So you want to own your agency to choose. So you either decide to go back the way things were, or you can say, no, we're going to think differently and we're going to do differently. Using the example of just going back into the world, maybe you used to hide in your clothes. Maybe you wore a lot of baggy clothes or black to hide your body, or you didn't eat around other people. You can tell your brain, no, it's fine. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to start doing things differently. And when you start doing things differently and teaching your brain, this is the path we're going to take. Guess what? Your brain has no choice but to help you figure out how do we do this, right? So then that could mean maybe creating boundaries with that friend who keeps making fun at your body or the way you eat. In my program Thrive one-on-one coaching, we typically do some form of intentional thought processing and then we role play so that my clients get lots and lots of practice before they engage with any circumstance that comes up. Obviously, those circumstances will come up between our sessions and they'll bring it and we coach, we work through it, we problem solve, and then they go back and re-engage. So for instance, I'm thinking about one of my clients last summer who was very nervous about visiting her family. She hadn't seen them for a long time. Her parents, especially her mom, was very fatphobic and deep into diet culture. So one of her struggles was just having that boundary in place and she was really afraid that her parents would reject her, they would be upset if she placed a boundary. So we just gave her the time, think about it, what do you think is going to happen? We went through all of that. We brainstormed possible scenarios to help her think of what could happen. And then we started creating intentional thoughts around that fear, around those scenarios to help her build her confidence. It's funny that one of the things that she came up with was to give her family a heads up about how she expected them to treat her 
and whoever was traveling with her, which is so funny because once she felt really comfortable, she just sent a text message to her family chat and stated her boundary and that was it. And she visited, she was so relieved because previously she would not do that. She would just stay quiet and just tolerate the visit until she came home and felt safer. But while she was there, she was able to state her boundary. Even when one of the parents crossed it, the other one reminded them, remember, this is what she said. So I'm going to say here that this was possible because she did that foundational work of building trust with herself, having her own back, which are very strong. Like I pushed this. <laughs> I'm going to say push. It sounds like such a hard word, but I'm very convinced about having your own back and building trust with yourself. And this is a lot of the work that we do with my one-on-one -on -one clients. Because once you have your own back, you can plan for obstacles and you can feel confident that no matter the decision you make, you're not going to beat yourself up. You're not going to abandon ship when things go not the way you expect. You'll be there. You'll hold yourself with grace and compassion. The third thing is just always revisit your why. So when I start working with my clients in Thrive, we set expectations. And one of those things is just asking them why this work is important to them. Why do you want to heal your relationship with food and your body? Why do you want to raise a healthy, competent child? Why do you even want to build confidence as a mom? Why do you want to change things? Why do you want to thrive? And we ask these questions not because we're just looking for stuff to do. It's because we want to push our brains to go below the surface of, I just want to be a good person. Yes, we all want to be good people, but why? So then we do that. And when things get hard, when things get messy, we revisit that why. Because that's what's going to help you and propel you and remind you of why this matters. So for me, I'll give an example. Lately, it's been working through perfectionism in my business. When I was working in my, on my relationship with food and my body, perfectionism was a huge deal. It was trying to keep me looking a certain way, eating a certain way so that people would be happy, people would admire me and all of that. But I since worked through that in my relationship with food and my body. I am still a perfectionist. I am not embarrassed about that. I own that, but I'm using it and working through it to support me rather than not support me. And now in my business, it shows up sometimes as wanting to have the right lighting and wanting to have the right fonts and colors and look when I present myself online, which is very annoying <laughs> sometimes. And the funny thing is I actually love beautiful things. Like I love curated spaces and things like that. I love design a lot. If I wasn't a science nerd, I would probably be doing design. And I might do that when I'm a little older, when my kids are not as young as they are right now. But this is something that I'm really passionate about. I'm a very creative person. And what I'm learning to do now is live in the gray zone and just letting my work be good enough. Why? Because the reason why I started this business in the first place was to help moms, to help them simplify motherhood, to help them simplify food and body image and raising children and being working moms or stay-at-home moms or whatever kind of moms they want to be. I want moms to stop surviving and start thriving. I want moms to stop waiting for that calm day in motherhood because those days are not that many. But if we can learn to manage our minds, we can get through those days and create the calm that we want, even when things are chaotic. I get so fired up about this stuff, but that's my why. 
So I'm not going to let perfectionism get in the way of that. It's not worth it for me. And I started really focusing on intentional thoughts to remind myself that it's okay. And also there's no rush. I'm exactly where I need to be, which has made such a huge difference in the way I write content, in the way I do my podcast, in the way I just show up and be a human. So revisit your why. And the next thing I just want to talk about is cultivating self-compassion. Dr. Kristen Neff talks about self-compassion. It's about giving yourself the same kindness and care that you would give to a good friend. So when you feel yourself in the messy middle, for many of us, we tend to default to negative self-talk of not feeling good enough or you're always failing. You'll never get through this. I want you to know that thinking this way is completely normal. But you have the option, you have the agency to choose not to act that way anymore. If that's your default setting, I want you to see this as an opportunity to drive on that new pathway that you're creating. Ask yourself, what would be the kind thing to do right now? And if you're struggling to think about it for yourself, what would you tell a friend? What would you do for your pet or your child who shared the same experience with you? I think this is such an important thing for us. Grace and compassion are like my two favorite feelings, I would say. Are they feelings? (laughs) But grace and compassion are my two actions. I think I also see them as actions. Giving yourself grace and just being compassionate towards yourself. It's so important. Even something as simple as just placing your heart, your hand on your heart. That's what I do a lot to remind myself that I'm safe and I'm cared for. And finally, be patient. I cannot stress long enough or hard enough how important it is for us to be patient with ourselves. Cultivate patience like your life depends on it because it literally does. (laughs) Sometimes we want things to happen and happen now. We live in a world where everything feels like it needs to be fast. Five quick steps to do this and five quick steps to do that and a simple hack to bypass the work. But that's not what we're going to do. If you've ever driven in deep snow or mud, you'll know that driving quickly sometimes will land you in a ditch. (laughs) Or worse, leave you stuck there. Ask me how I know this. (laughs) So the best way to navigate those kinds of roads, sometimes it's slow and steady. And then you lean into the motion rather than struggle with it, right? If your tire gets stuck and you're like trying to rev through, It just keeps flipping and nothing's moving and then you burn your engine and things go really terrible. So when you feel like you just want things to happen fast, I want you to put your blinders on, pay attention, ignore what somebody else is doing, ignore what's happening around you and remind yourself that there is no rush. Your path is yours to carve out. Keep your eyes on your path and keep going. And you really want to remember Why did you start this work in the first place? Is it possible that this is where I get to show up for myself and remind myself that I matter? These are questions you can ask yourself. And I want you to know that it's possible for for you to navigate that messy middle. A lot of us stay in the messy middle a long time. I always say there's really no arriving because you get to one phase and something else comes up. This is life. And if you're messy middle, involves wanting help to get unstuck, I would love to invite you to come on a consult call with me. It's one hour, it's free. And during that time, you get to really 
check on what is happening. You tell me what's going on in your relationship with food and your body or in life in general. And I can help you get to the real issue of what's going on. You'll walk away with steps that you can take to support yourself. Obviously, if you like what you hear and you would love to work with me, I would be more than happy to support you with the mindset, with the tools, with the strategies that will help you and empower you to coach yourself and navigate life's messy middles. And before I go, I just wanted to share this quote that I found by Robin Sharma. It says, change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and gorgeous in the end. Know that it gets better with time. And I'm always here for you, always rooting for you. Until next time, have a beautiful week and keep thriving. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.